It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talk. Welcome back. And uh, we have a fun show all ready for you today. And uh, just looking forward to kind of diving deep into all the great topics that we like to cover here around that word talent. Uh, you know, how people are dealing with their talent, what are really remarkable, talented people doing, what are they thinking about? That's really what we like to try to focus on and and try to bring to the conversation. Um, typically, I bring in two people, which I'm going to do today, and we have a conversation around talent and engagement and culture, and hopefully you can gain something uh, to use in your own career, uh, either right away or, or down the road very shortly. So, you know, so I have the privilege of meeting so many of these cool people in person uh, at different shows, if I'm speaking at different conferences, uh, training. Sometimes it's just through LinkedIn and our great networks and and the wonderful way that uh, that works. And so this show is really designed to let you listen in on that conversation that I would otherwise, you know, normally have. Pick up the phone or have that conversation in the corner or by the bar or wherever it may be, and and talk about some of these things. And so hopefully just allowing uh, you know everyone at large to listen on this conversation. Uh, can give you the insights you might need on some of the things you really should be focusing in on maybe for 2019 uh, or for whenever you're listening to this uh, to this show. Uh, there has been so many great stories uh, that have come out of this show uh, from many of the incredible leaders, authors, uh, and different t- people we've had on the show that uh, turned it into my first book called The Power of Company Culture. And I'd uh, love to have you check it out on Amazon or wherever you buy books. It's available there when the audio version should be coming out very shortly. I recorded that late last year uh, in Bath, England. Uh, but uh, the uh, the Kindle and the uh, regular, you know, hardback uh, are uh, is ready for you there if you're interested. So, Talent Talk is live every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as I've already mentioned, and you can access it though. Most of you get it by going to the website, talenttalkradio.com. Uh, you listen as a podcast. You subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio. That's really the best place to make sure you don't miss the show and get that alert every week whenever we post a new one there. Um, and that's really what we're able to track. Right? We're able, if you follow us there uh, on iHeart or I, iTunes, um, that's how we know if people are listening, where you're listening from. And so we really appreciate you doing that so we can help uh, generate our content to the best possible way. So over 10,000 of you a day coming in and downloading a podcast or more. And a big thank you to everyone who's doing that. Um, another area that we love to keep the engagement going is on our social media. Of course, we do that. Uh, we post and talk about this on LinkedIn, on Facebook. But we like to kind of live tweet it on Twitter as well. So if you use that platform, uh, please go there and uh, you can see the uh, live tweeting if you're there live. Otherwise, after the fact, you can find it 
go to at people g2 use that hashtag talent talk my producer mike does a great job of live feeding the best comments the best ideas the best things from our conversations and that's where you can ask questions or add in your own uh thoughts and comments as well to our conversation speaking of conversations my two guests today uh first one will be lt uh ladino bryson co-founder and ceo of vcandidates.com um, and then we'll bring in uh, one of our uh, employee engagement experts, uh, Jill Christensen. The second half of the show, we'll bring her in you know, after that little commercial break that we do. But let's go ahead. Let's uh, have me stop talking. Let's bring in my first guest. Uh, LT, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself, you know, what's important for us to know, especially as it relates to our conversation here today. And, of course, you know, tell us what cool things you're doing over there at vcandidates.com. Well, first of all, I'd like to let everyone know that I'm really excited to be here, but more importantly, I am a former record executive. I spent over 20 years in the entertainment industry doing artist development with such artists like Usher and Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, and you name it, I had a wonderful time working at record labels. And when I decided to make a career transition to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up, I went into recruiting. Because for me, being able to assist candidates make their best presentation of themselves was no different than preparing a, uh, a, a burgeoning artist to becoming a platinum singer. So I went into recruitment. I was able to work with large uh, agencies like Robert Half, and I decided to break off and do my own thing. And vcandidates.com was born when I kind of sat back and was frustrated at the entire process of recruiting and the tools that were out there for a small recruiting firm like myself. So I decided to do something about it, being the little disruptor that I am, and I created a platform in which candidates and recruiters will be able to connect quicker. Well, that's uh, quite quite a great intro, and of course, uh, besides uh, your time in the record industry, and I'm sure you have a million stories there. I think you know presently you're more well known now as the employment therapist. So, what exactly is an employment therapist, and how did that title come about? <laughs> it was a loving moniker that came from my candidates and clients because my straight. Uh, forthright, you know, advice to them to make them understand to manage the process was more like therapy than what something a recruiter would say. So my candidates lovingly dubbed me the employment therapist, and I have been known as that for the last six years. I love it. And uh, it's something that I, I wear as a badge of honor that, you know, a client or a, a candidate will actually trust me with their new transitions. You know, whether it's hiring someone new or transitioning to a new opportunity, especially if it's abroad, you know, relocating is a big trust factor. And, and by being able to really get to know the candidate and work with them as sort of that, you know, sounding voice, that motherly advice, it, it paid off. And so let's maybe take a little bit deeper dive in into vcandidates.com then. Um, what is it that you really offer, I guess, you know, to, to the candidates for the recruiting process, the employers? What does that sort of look like? I mean, there's lots of different types of things out there that people could choose from. Maybe you could kind of give us a little deeper understanding of, you know, the services and things that you do for, for everyone involved in that process. You know, as a recruiter, I was able to look at the importance of what the client needs as well the importance of the candidates. And the biggest complaint I had with candidates is that they would submit their resumes and they would get no feedback. And the only way to truly get feedback is to work with the recruiter. 
but sometimes we get busy. So creating a confidential platform where candidates are able to get past the gatekeepers, they wouldn't have to search for jobs. They will be more in control of the submission process because the recruiters actually come on and vie for the candidates. So, Mr. Candidate, Mrs. Candidate, if you're looking for a way to be able to get in front of someone with more information than just a piece of paper, we offer an opportunity to provide your reference check, background, personality, video message, an extensive interview questionnaire, so that by the time a hiring professional looks at your profile, they have a sense of who you are, what you're looking for, and how to assist you to get there. More importantly, we vet these recruiters to make sure that they do have jobs so you're not just applying to uh, somewhere out in cyberspace that we don't know about. Right, right. That's important because yeah, you could have a whole list of recruiters show up, but if they don't have any jobs to fill or don't have any place for them to go, it could be a big waste of time for their candidates as well. Exactly. Uh, so if a recruiter is looking to maybe find you know, their next uh, big hire and they've come to vcandidates.com, what are, what are the kind of the differentiators that maybe I'm going to find that's uh, other than similar platforms that, that you're offering? I mean, how, how is the recruiter, uh, is it the amount of candidates you have? Is it the quality of candidates you have? What's, what's really that driving factor for the recruiters to come in and be a part of this? The best part for the recruiters is that they are not going to have to search through job search boards, through these big, huge uh, resume databases. They're going to know that they'll be able to find through a confidential platform that was specifically designed for them. So no employers are able to access our platform. And they'll be able to find and source pre-screened candidates. So these are candidates that they know that are going to be able, they want to move forward, they're looking for new opportunities, they're giving you all their information as far as what their desires are, what they're looking for, so that you have a better understanding of who they are even before you speak with them. This expedites the hiring process so that when the recruiter and candidate does connect, they'll know that it's about the opportunity as opposed to trying to figure out what is it you're looking for, what do you want to do when you grow up, those type of questions that tend to waste time and they tend to get people to just kind of blather on. We sure. wanted to make sure that recruiters can do this in a way that they're not competing with their employer because some of these job boards, they sell subscriptions costly subscriptions, not only to the recruiter, but to the client as well. So you're both vying for that same candidate. And so we're launching this in March so that the recruiters will be able to kind of really focus on getting that great candidate and really be more competitive against other recruiting professionals as well as the in-house talent uh, department in making a hire. So you mentioned a subscription uh, type of a thing. I know that's something... Um that you have as well uh, that includes kind of severance packages for companies that are downsizing their workforce or maybe you could talk about how that how that part of that uh, is going to work well the best part about it is i i've heard so many people saying you know i'm a candidate i don't want to pay a subscription to find a job we're talking a 15 dollars a month subscription to access all of the learning tools and resources that we have on our platform it was the same way that i felt when i thought i was going to have to buy coffee or buy bottled water Never say never, because this subscription of $15 a month gets you past the gatekeepers. It gets you, it's better than just, you know, calling and trying to get into a company. You're going to be exposed to a multitude of different types of recruiters that will be there to look for actually candidates like yourself. So that's one reason. 
for the recruiter, it's low cost. It's 90% discounted from what you would pay for one of the leading job search boards. You're able to put in the information. You're able to have unlimited uh, search and communication capabilities and to really find that qualified candidate. And the platform helps you track the process. So for candidates, I know that they literally have to create an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of everyone that they've applied to and they're interviewing with. This platform tracks all of your activity for you. Well, that in itself could be uh, really big because, as you mentioned just now, I mean, I know people that have, um, you know, especially if you're maybe if you're applying to the average, you know, restaurant down the street, it's maybe a little bit different. But if you are, you know, someone is pro- progressing their career and you may be uh, found yourself, it's time to find a new job and you're applying to lots of different places, keeping track of that, doing all the things that's expected, the follow up, the thank yous, the you know, moving that along and sort of a process, it puts really someone almost in a sales, you're almost in a sales position, right? Where you're managing a pipeline, yeah. you're managing what's going to happen to get that uh, net new job. And that's not necessarily a skill set that everybody has or everyone's exactly. used to doing. Uh, exactly. And so it's really fascinating that your service is sort of a part, going to help them manage that and be a part of that. And, you know, the best part about it, you know, looking this whole thing out as a 360 point of view, our goal when we set V candidates. That V stands for viable. So we want to make sure that candidates have the tools that they need to move forward. Because I've had candidates that have worked at a company for 13 years. It's been a long time since they were looking for a job, and they get out and they don't know what to do or how to get it done. And there's so many different resources. So we wanted to make sure that the platform had not only the right resources and the people connected to it, but we have what's called a V counselor. And that V counselor is a former HR or recruiting professional that's there to help give them a quick 15-minute call to help them understand what they're looking for and how to get through the process and navigate through the platform to make their time on the platform as successful as possible. So you're sort of, you know, really introducing a a new way to do some things. I mean, obviously people can do a spreadsheet or keep a bunch of notes in a notebook, but you're kind of bringing a new level of sophistication and technology and service uh, to, to, to this type of an issue. And as our, be interesting to see as our economy and the job market kind of changes, go ups and downs, and how that might uh, you know, impact uh, that need and that desire of what applicants may need from your service like yours. Do you, do you think that other companies, you think other industries are primed to sort of have this sort of a, a change, sort of a, a, an influx of technology and then be more... It's almost like being proactive uh, in in what you know uh, they might be doing in their job search. Exactly, and you know I think it's a big boat to turn for some other uh, companies and industries. I think that you know you have to be kind of mindful and really have that heart to kind of get things in order so that you can present it to a marketplace to make this disruptive product. You know I love technology, but the technology is there not to really aid us when it comes to hiring because how can you take the human aspect out of human resources and that's what a lot of companies are doing i literally today got a call a robocall for someone saying hey we got a job opportunity for you how is a robocall going to be able to understand what i am and what i'm looking for right Um, and they have robo interviewing calls that's supposed to speed up the process you're still going to have to get to the human aspect well, and even if you could get the applicant to talk to you, I can't think of any quality applicant that would want to talk to a robocall. <laughs> exactly. Right now. And that's what this is all about. I mean, we're here to foster that, you know, 
communication, our mobile app is there to utilize when people are at work. You know, one can take a call while they're at work. They're working. So we have this confidential platform where no one would know your business. No one would know that you're connecting with a recruiter online. No one would know any of this stuff. And it's, it keeps the process more sacred and, and more holistic, in my opinion. So what are some of the, you know, we talked about some of the positives, some of the great things that it seems like you're working on and, and can possibly do. Are there are there threats? Are there things that you're worried about inside of your own, you know, service off, offering or, or in the industry at large uh, that you're trying to address? Not at all. I think that because we're offering, you know, subscriptions to the candidates uh, and the recruiters, we also have something for the employers. And we're offering an employment outplacement service. We think it's very important that as companies use AI to find candidates and use the ATS system, an applicant tracking system, to manage their process flow. It's just as important as a culture standard to offer some type of service as they're downsizing or letting people go. And so we're offering employment service companies, employers, outplacement companies, the opportunity to include a three-month subscription in a severance package. The same way they would offer uh, COBRA, they can offer our three-month subscription to help move candidates forward, right? Because we all hear the, the nightmare stories about, I just saw a tweet from somebody that was laid off from Lowe's a couple of weeks ago. He literally said, we have an army that knows your downfall and your secrets, and we're going to take it to the competitor. That type of behavior um, damages a person's brand, and we want to help protect a company's brand by giving them an opportunity to, to have a goodwill gesture as they have to move people forward. So we uh, really enjoy uh, asking uh, our guests some kind of off the wall, not off the wall, but kind of, you know, <laughs> questions that don't have specifically anything to do with your your offering or your industry, but maybe more about you personally. Um, and you, sure. Sometimes we get some great uh, suggestions and ideas that we can steal and, and go back and implement in our own lives. And so, uh, you know, the first one in there is, is there an app or a gadget or something that maybe you've added to your life here uh, in 2019? Uh, maybe it's tied to your New Year's resolutions or goals or, or whatever it may be, but is there anything like that that you've recently added uh, that you might share with us? I've been working with, for the last six months, Slack. I am a slacker. I love Slack. It's a great communicator. Um, it works well within my company and team. I have outside companies that I am a, a, a member of that we utilize, and I just think it's just a great convenience to keep people connected. So I am a true slacker. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm with you. I love Slack. In fact, we got you get those little weekly reports that tell you how many messages were sent mm-hmm. uh, inside of your company and how many were private versus public. And I was I shared that with my management team. I was really um, quite surprised at the m- amount of messages that we send, uh, and also how many of them were actually direct, right? Versus you would assume most of the communication happening is you know in the, in the more public rooms. Um, but for us uh, specifically, it was the opposite. You know, something like you know, thirty thousand messages being sent in a week or something. It was you know, pretty crazy. <laughs> it is very crazy. It can be very all, crazy. Yeah, all inside one platform. So, which is which is wonderful. Um, how about a book? Um, we we love to get great book suggestions. Is there one that you're reading right now, or recently finished, or maybe just you typically recommend that people check out? You know, one that I really, really stand by, I really love this book, and it's called The Outsiders. 
Okay, I was just referred this book and um, just started to kind of play around with it and look at it. And it's a, a book about the unconventional CEO, you know, because moving into this platform and becoming a CEO, it's so important to be an un an uncompromising CEO in some points. You've got to stay steadfast and you've got to move forward. And so to be able to hear the stories of some truly remarkable people and how they had to move through to their level of success is, is quite fascinating. I'm on page 10 now, but it's The Outsiders by William Thorndike, Jr. And I, I, what I'm reading so far, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, sounds like an interesting book. We've been getting some uh, very interesting ones uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, I'm in the middle of trying to finish Hamilton before we have our book club meeting. Here's this uh, Wednesday and Thursday uh, here locally. Um, but uh, wow. books are kind of the <laughs> that, that it's a it's a pretty big book. <laughs> when I got talked <laughs> into it, I didn't realize how long it was. And I actually I listened to all my books. So it's something like 36 hours of listening um, on, on, on one and a quarter speed. So I'm trying to get through that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to have to follow up with you and tell me what it's like. I am so entrenched in this, the, you know, getting this launched and doing everything we're doing. And we have some amazing affiliate partners that we have to um, offer our subscribers as far as who will be doing the uh, reference checks and the background checks. And we have uh, the fabulous Dr. Karen Jacobson. She is our certified behavioral uh, analyst that's putting together our personality test assessment. So I am so entrenched that me being able to just stop and read something, a quick read, you know, The Outsiders is about 99 pages, is great for me. So Hamilton is a big read. I mean, that's a vacation read for me. Um, (laughs) I'm definitely going to have to follow up with you to find out how it went. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've you've mentioned a lot of great things here today. Uh, If you, you know, if someone happened to only walk by and heard 60 seconds of our conversation today, you know, is there one thing, is there a key point or something that you hope uh, anyone who is listening might might take away uh, and remember? Yes, I would like to suggest that whomever's looking for a new career opportunity, uh, career advantage, lifestyle, make sure you're prepared for the transition because things can be pulled under the rug. It's, it's, it's crushing when someone has to be put in a situation to find a job. But when you're looking for a career, do the work, okay? Make sure you have the information you need to, and know what you want when you're moving to that next career. You know, sometimes you might have to step back a little bit, take pause, and see what's the next uh, great adventure for you. That's something I had to do transitioning from the entertainment industry to recruiting, and uh, I I love it. So tomorrow will be my seven-year anniversary as a recruiter. I loved every single last minute of it. Well, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more about vcandidates.com? That's very easy. Our web address is our company name, V is in Victor, candidates.com. I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. You're more than welcome to connect with me. I love talking to people and um, offering advice. I am known as the employment therapist, so please give a quick shout out and connect with us on Facebook. Be social with us. You'll be able to know our uh, launches and our offerings and more information about the company. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all your insights uh, today. Uh, hopefully we have you come back at some point and give us an update on all the cool things you're doing and successes that you'll be having with your company. Uh, we look forward to it. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break with my second guest, Jill Christensen. 
Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months. And the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system, or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news, or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to the Town Talk Radio Show. Don't forget you can go to TownTalkRadio.com. You can uh, follow us and subscribe on uh, the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio. It's kind of the best way for you to make sure you don't miss out. And we can... Know who's listening, um, because actually when you listen live, we don't actually know who's listening, which is an interesting fact of old technology versus new. But anyways, um, so we'd love to have you subscribe. We know who's out there, who's listening, uh, where you're listening from. Uh, there's over 10,000 of you a day that are doing that. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to bring in my next guest, uh, who is Jill Christensen, employee engagement expert. One of my favorite things to talk about, employee engagement culture and all that good stuff so i'm sure we're gonna have a great conversation and we'd love to have you be a part of it go ahead and tweet your questions your comments your thoughts your likes all of that on twitter at people g2 uh just that hashtag talent talk and you'll find uh our live stream there uh or you can go back and find it if you're listening to this after the fact but let's go ahead and bring jill uh into the show uh jill welcome to the show thank you so much i'm so pleased to be here well, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? You know, what's the, the update and the, the, the best information for us to know about you today as it relates to our conversation uh, and everything, you know, a little update on what you've been doing lately in the world of employee engagement. Perfect. So how did I get into this? I spent the first 22 years of my career working in corporate America, and I was very unhappy. Um, I was worked in one industry only, telecommunications, and so I only thought that the telecommunications industry was dysfunctional. Then when I launched my own firm about 10 years ago, I picked up clients in a bunch of other industries, like retail, mining, oil and gas, pharmaceuticals, financial services, and I quickly realized that businesses in all industries are dysfunctional and don't operate in a way that enables employees to be the best versions of themselves every single day. And so that caused me to write a book um, four years ago about how to crack the code of employee disengagement. And since then, I have been traveling around the world for the past three years, speaking about my book and my keynote speech is called, If Not You Who, Cracking the Code of Employee Disengagement. And in it, I really talk about what employee engagement is, why it matters, what the global crisis looks like, because we don't want anyone to think that it's just their company or their industry um, that has a problem. It's a global epidemic. Then I talk about why the needle hasn't moved in the past four decades and a new and innovative approach that any organization can use to re-engage their employees. And it has been an absolutely amazing journey. 
Well, it sounds like uh, you've you've really kind of hit your niche and your and uh, your stride there. I know. So you, you kind of start off telling us about uh, spending some time working in some major companies in the past. Um, I know you're doing things like communications and public relations. Mm-hmm. Aside from them being, you know, a bit dysfunctional, um, maybe what were some of the things you did, you know, take out of that that maybe you brought with you to help you uh, as you went in to start helping other companies uh, be better at their engagement um, and probably their own communication and, and everything else. So, you know, what were some yeah. of those good lessons or good things that you could take with you? I think one of the most important takeaways is that your senior leadership team must be engaged in your employee engagement journey if you are going to succeed. So in every organization that I ever worked in, either as an employee or as a consultant, we had the senior leadership team outsourcing culture change and outsourcing employee engagement to human resources. And that simply doesn't work. And it has nothing to do with HR's you know, ability to succeed in the business world. It has to do with the fact that even though HR owns culture change, your senior leadership team has to be engaged in order for you um, to be successful on this journey. Another great thing that I picked up is the importance of the supervisor. And so in order for you to have a great culture, it is so important for your managers to be engaged in your employee engagement journey and for them to um, have a real critical eye on who they're hiring. They need to be hiring for values. They need to be conducting focus groups and tapping into their employees' thoughts and minds and ensuring that their employees have a voice and their voice is being heard. They need to be looking for opportunities at every given turn to recognize their people because we know that one of the major levers of employee engagement is feeling acknowledged and appreciated for a job well done. And so, um, you know, again, when you think about employee engagement and what are some of the most important things that I can do to engage my workforce, um, recognition is at the top of the list. Creating a two-way communication culture is at the top of the list. Ensuring that someone on your C-suite or executive team, preferably your CEO, is engaged in your journey, that's at the top of your list. And one other thing that we really see with the millennials is, you know, millennials are company hopping left and right, but they tell us that they really don't want to be company hopping. They're doing that because we are not creating workplace cultures that enable them to make a difference, to add value, to show them that they have meaning. And that's really what our millennials and Gen Zs want. And so it's really about ensuring that you have an organization where training and development is top of mind and where you're enabling people to grow and move up the ladder and expand their scope and their horizon. That's another major lever um, to creating an amazing culture. So you're talking, uh, you know, a lot of the things you've mentioned are things that I've often, uh, we spent time talking about on the radio show or in the book or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is great. Um, yeah, you know, that, that, that recognition and communication, there's so many important parts there. Uh, but you hit on one of the most important parts, which is that the senior leadership is engaged and actively a part and on board with all of this, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into an organization and they've just sort of said, well, it's important, but you, this group or HR, you go deal with it. I don't, I'm not need to be involved and go make those people happy exactly. and I'll go here and do my thing. And it yeah. never works. Um, it only never ever seems works. to work if you know, those senior leaders are really care about it and are involved with it and really want to do it. Yeah, I guess you, one of the important ways that we look at uh, our engagement is, is through that measurement component, right? We're t- t- looking mm-hmm. at our survey results, 
Um, I know you help companies increase their employee engagement survey results. Um, you know, where surveys were were sent to employees to kind of measure that engagement. Um, what do you credit? You know, so your ability to maybe help help companies turn around some of those scores and some of those you know, issues with engagement to kind of kind of bring them back in, into more of a positive light uh, and, and help employees be more satisfied. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing that I bring to the table is focus and strategy. So when I go into organizations, again, 95% of organizations around the globe outsource culture change to HR. And the first thing that I say to an organization is, you are not going to succeed, you are not going to move the needle if HR owns this. You have to engage your CEO in the journey because your CEO has the power to engage your frontline managers in the journey. So the truth is, managers will do whatever the CEO asks them to do, right? That person just has more power. That's how organizations work. And so what I, the first thing I do is I make sure the senior leadership team is involved and I get somebody from the senior leadership team championing the employee engagement strategy. And I think that's another key point um, where I help organizations. You cannot continue to roll this out as a program or an initiative. If you do, your employees are going to think it's the program du jour, here one day, gone the next. Your employees need to see that your senior leadership team is engaged and that they are engaging the frontline managers because your frontline managers are the people in the organization who have the most interaction with your employees. And so from there, then what we do is we create an organization's employee engagement strategy. And what I always tell an organization is that you need to conduct a survey to find out where you are. Are you at 30% engagement? Are you at 5% engagement? Are you at 70% engagement? And once you have that baseline number, you know, you'll know your starting point and you can set annual goals based off of that to actually show that you're moving the needle forward. And so then what we do is we look at the survey results and we see the lowest scoring questions. So we look at the areas where employees feel like the organization is really falling short and we focus on what are the actions that managers can do collectively all together in those areas to shift this. We also look at the four areas in my book that I say are the largest drivers of employee engagement, and we focus on how the organization is currently doing those things today, things like communication, recognition, goal setting, hiring, and what they could be doing differently tomorrow to build that amazing culture. And when I say what they can be doing, what I really mean is the frontline managers. So this strategy that we create, we then put it, the CEO puts it into the hands of the frontline managers and says, we just conducted our employee engagement survey. We only have 33% engagement, and we are relying on you to help turn that around. Here is our employee engagement strategy. Here are the things that we all need you to do collectively going forward differently in these areas, the areas that we know drive engagement and that we know employees told us on the survey we're really falling short. And then you unleash, the CEO unleashes your managers to go into the workforce and to do these various things differently. And trust me when I tell you, when every single one of your managers executes consistently on this strategy, your employee engagement survey score will rise and your culture will improve. 
And so, you know, at any kind of starting of this process, um, mm-hmm. we can often see when those engagement scores are low, a really a big gap between senior leaders, and employees. What do you see that's happening inside of companies? You know, as you as you show up, let's say with your uh, you know, your, your, your tool bag ready to help. What are you seeing going on in an organization just prior to them uh, doing something about it where there is this big gap between those senior leaders and the employees? Yeah, so unfortunately, um, organizations tend to not want to focus on their culture or employee engagement if things are going well. So if they're meeting their numbers, if customer satisfaction is high, they tend to think, oh, we're fine, we don't need to do anything. So typically, what spurs an organization to really look at their culture, especially in this day and age, is retention. So, you know, we have a generation of workers who are not willing to stay in a crappy, dysfunctional workplace environment. And so when they find that they are in one, they leave. And so, and and we also are in an environment in um, many economies around the world where unemployment is at record lows. And so we're at a time where it is an employee's job market. And so we see that employees are jumping ship. They are leaving organizations at a rate faster than they have historically. And that is causing senior leaders to stand up and take notice. So they may still be making their numbers or customer satisfaction may be high, but what they're seeing is a trend of them unable to keep the millennials and unable to keep their high performers. And this is alarming to them, and it should be. So that is the data point, if you will, that I think is causing most senior leaders, um, most HR organizations, most managers to say, our culture isn't where it needs to be, and we need to do something about this. There's another thing that tends to cause an organization to look at their culture, and that's a merger or an acquisition. So when you have you when you bring two organizations together, they have different brands, different names, different products, different services, different cultures. And we know that one of the main reasons why M&As do not succeed is because the M&A team thinks about the product integration, the customer integration, the brand integration, and they forget about the cultural integration. How are we going to do things here? And if you don't figure that out before you become that merged organization, you're in trouble because you will have a bipolar culture and you will have people from the two merging organizations acting differently and it will cause problems within your company. Yeah, and so you've really kind of given us a really good, I I guess, overview and understanding of, you know, what does it look like when um, it when we start, right, especially if there's an issue going on and there's that gap between the senior leaders and employees, what is that process that you might put them through and, and hopefully get their scores to go up? You know, as you're doing this and as you're helping companies do this um, and, and those gaps shrink and leadership gets better and those front, frontline managers are really able to, to to enact change, I'm curious if you where you see uh, some of the un- unintended um, kind of uh, surprises, right? The, the good things. Or maybe maybe it's not a surprise to you, but it's a surprise to them. Um, I often see it in the com- better communication and transparency mm-hmm. areas, but I was curious kind of where, what you tend to see. Yes, I think the thing that gets organizations most excited is when I work with them to create an open and honest two-way communication culture. That all looks really good on paper, 
but they don't understand the amazing benefits and impacts that it has when you actually execute on that live in reality, right? And so, you know, people, you know, organizations say to me, okay, we'll start communicating more transparently and more openly and honestly. But one of the things they don't realize is when you start conducting focus groups and bring your employees together and start asking them, what do you think about this process? How do you think we could make this process better? Um, what are you hearing from our customers? Do you have an idea for a new product or service? You would not believe the amazing information that is locked inside of your employees' heads, but that they will not share with you unless you have an open and honest two-way communication culture. Why? Because it's not in, in a human being's nature to speak up. And two, when you have an, a culture where you can't be open and honest and say what you think, people are actually living in fear. And there's so much amazing information that ends up trapped inside of employees' heads that you're never ever able to pull out or act on. And so, you know, we set out to create a two-way communication culture. And what surprises organizations is that they are then getting amazing feedback from their employees about processes that need to be fixed, about ideas that customers have for new products and services. And so well, it's a, it's really, amazing when we allow people to have what's called psychological safety, right? They feel absolutely. some level of safety there to communicate these things, and that's got to start from the top. We tell them, hey, we want to do these things. We, 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 we value you. We, we want to know what you really think. Then you're demonstrating that that's true and that no one's getting fired for raising their hand and saying, you know, this is we should be doing this stuff. It's amazing the kind of stuff that comes out of there, right? It absolutely is because organizations think, okay, so we're going to commit to being more open and honest with our employees. And what they don't realize in the beginning is that when they start to do that, employees start becoming more open and honest. And again, employees are a wealth of information. They have amazing ideas that can help improve your productivity, your profitability, your organization's performance, your customer satisfaction. But it, until you create that environment that makes people feel safe to say, right, and you do that by having senior leaders who are open and honest and transparent and safe to say. And when, again, when your senior leadership team starts being that way, when your managers start encouraging it, when your managers are leading focus groups, you know, you can really shift how you're communicating inside of an organization, and it has a major impact on an employee's engagement level. Because when an employee has a voice at work and they know that their voice is being heard, it increases the trust they feel in the leadership team and the emotional connection they feel to the organization. And that is the crux, the definition of employee engagement. You know, last year I really saw um, a lot of correlations between the level of transparency that an organization has and really you know, where they were in the marketplace, how successful they were, you know, me mm -hmm. meeting their goals. Uh, did you see the same kind of correlation in your work or is there another, you know, factor or another, you know, uh, a word that you might use to describe those that are, you know, in some level of engagement having success within their own company goals? Um, I think it's, you know, well, organizations say to me, okay, Jill, so we don't want this to be just a program or an initiative or a strategy. How do we really make this a part of what we do every single day? And so I say there are two critical things that an organization needs to do. First of all, once you gather your baseline employee engagement data, 
that your employee engagement score should be a part of your key performance indicators or KPIs, right? So a senior leadership team looks at their revenue growth, if you will. And let's say they have a goal to increase revenue 5%, 2019 over 2020. Well, what is your goal to improve employee engagement? 2019 over 2020. And you seem to think, well, there's no way, you know, those two things are equally as important. But they absolutely are because we know that there's a direct correlation between employee engagement and profitable revenue growth. The organizations in the world that are growing the fastest and have the highest levels of revenue growth have the highest levels of employee engagement. And that is not a coincidence. And then let's take this one step further because people always say to me, Jill, so we're going to ask our managers to do some things differently, right? And we're going to ask all of them to collectively do these things differently. How do we hold them accountable? The way you hold your managers accountable is by saying, we just conducted our employee engagement survey. We're at 30% engagement. Our goal a year from now is to be at 36% employee engagement. So effective today, you all have a shared performance management goal to increase employee engagement six points in a year. And I'm telling you, when the CEO stands up at manager town hall meetings and says this to every single manager in the organization, and when this becomes a part of a manager's evaluation, and they are going to be rated on whether or not the manage, all the managers in the organization exceeded or, you know, fell short of that goal, trust me when I tell you, your managers are going to go to market on your employee engagement strategy. And here's another thing about that. You know, when you have employees who leave an organization, it's the managers who have to do all the work, right? They have to find the replacements. They have to conduct the interviews. They have to choose someone. They have to integrate that person into the team. They have to get that person up and running. That's a lot of time and work. Managers don't like to spend their time that way, right? They'd like to know they've got a solid team. That team is running on all cylinders. That team is learning together, growing together, meeting the goals together. Retention is not fun, right? Having to replace people who leave the organization. And so that's another easy way to sell this to the management team, right? Is that it makes your job easier when your employees are more engaged and when our retention numbers are low because then you can just focus on moving your team forward versus constantly having to replace members on the team because people are so disengaged that they're leaving our company. Yeah, and there's so many different uh, uh, factors in there. And I, I guess I'm encouraged uh, when I started looking, really getting involved in this uh, many years ago, it was, it, was, it was pretty bleak. I mean, most companies were mm-hmm. top down, do what I say because I say so, that command and control type of a leadership. We're seeing you know better examples uh, out there. And there just seem to be more and more companies that are at least being willing to, to, to look at their engagement, to look at their how, how they're managing people. Do you feel like, you know, that change has really started to, to, to gain, you know, some traction, some speed, or do we, do we still have a long ways to go? I think we have a really long ways to go, to be honest with you, but we are starting to gain some traction. And I think the trigger that is causing employee engagement and culture change to gain traction are the millennials. Because, again, the millennials are not putting up with it the way the generations before them did. The millennials are saying, I care more about the environment in which you are asking me to do my job than I do the actual job that I'm doing every day. 
And if you do not create an amazing workplace for me where I can be the best version of myself every day and grow and add meaning and have value, I will leave. And they're, and they're leaving in spades because organizations, many of them, are not stepping up and creating those amazing workplace cultures. Yeah, absolutely. They, historically, they haven't had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enough yeah. employees have stayed to where it really wasn't an issue. And many times, um, you know, in our business environments, it's not an employee's job market. It's an employer's job market. And so, you know, I, I think for the first time ever, we're really seeing a very courageous generation of people who speak up and who stand behind their word and who just really aren't putting up with things the way people did prior to them. And I applaud the millennials for this because I meet hundreds and hundreds of people every single week when I'm out on the road speaking who are absolutely miserable at their job, who work in dysfunctional cultures, who said they've tried to meet with the CEO or the leadership team and move the needle, and that many senior leaders simply don't get it or they don't believe in the correlation between engagement and profitable revenue growth, or they say that they're too busy, or they say, well, HR needs to own that. And so, you know, it's sort of like I feel like it's coming full circle. And another really interesting thing that I'm starting to see is last year I spoke at the National Association of Corporate Board Directors, and there were tons and tons of people. So I was, I was doing a concurrent session. I wasn't the keynote speaker. My room was packed. So I had board directors, hundreds and hundreds of board directors from major companies in my session where I talked about the fact that you have a fiduciary responsibility to ensure that the organization that you sit on the board for succeeds. There is no more important thing that you could be talking about with your C-suite, with your CEO right now than the culture of that organization and employee engagement because of the correlation between that and profitable revenue growth. And I cannot tell you how many of them stood up, took notice, got it, bought the book, have now brought, are now bringing me into their local board chapters to speak. And so I'm starting to see a shift among senior level like people where they really are starting to understand how important this is and there's beginning beginning to take it seriously well that's fantastic to hear and we really appreciate uh, you sharing um everything that we were able to get to at least uh for Absolutely. everything that you're doing and for engagement um hopefully we can have you come back at some point and give us a, an update and we can continue the conversation because it was a really uh, it was a joy having you on today I would love that. And again, if there's anyone who's listening to the podcast who wants more information, who wants to have a conversation, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I am incredibly passionate about this topic and would love to help anyone in any way possible. And what's the best way for them to do that? Um, my website is jillchristensenintl.com. And then when you go to my website, you will have a, see a contact form there. And you can easily reach out to me, um, and I will get back to you as soon as possible so we can start the conversation. Well, great. Well, thank you so much again, Jill, uh, for being on the show. And thank you, for everyone, for listening uh, to today's show. Hopefully you gained something that you can use in your own career. Uh, next week, I'll be joined by Jason Greer, founder of Greer Consulting, and Pam Schmidt, associate partner at the Refinery Leadership Partners. 
these will be two great guests you don't want to miss. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2.